Open up your Bibles to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. You know, as a little side point, sometimes people ask me, like, where do you get started reading the Bible? Or, you know, where do you recommend? Like, I'm not sure where to begin. Um, there's a lot of do- good ways to approach it, but I will tell you this. If you just open up the book of Psalms any day and start there, that is one of the most excellent places to, g- to get into. Um, there's 150 chapters. It's the largest book in the Bible based on chapter size. And it's essentially like a giant worship album right here is what I look at it as. And uh, some of the most uh, amazing verses and revelation and just declaration about how God, God, good God is is right here in all the book of Psalms. And you can just open it up, start reading, and let the praises just come forth out of your mouth. And you'll find yourself in the presence of God and your day will just continue on that way. So um, verse 37 Verse, I'm sorry, chapter 37, we're going to read the first few verses and get into this. So, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, the wither, and they wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to stop right there. So the first few verses here talk about how there is no reason for us to fear or be afraid of evil. This is a profound revelation, actually, because evil um, can bring forth with it, if we allow it to, fear. But how many know that evil can be evil without the response of fear, because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so the enemy, when he moves and when he's about doing his work, if he can get God's people to become fearful and to become intimidated, then he is, he is about getting the upper hand. But we can face an enemy, we can face the devil, and we can do so in such a way where there's constantly a peace and a certainty about us that never causes us to respond out of fear. How many people know when we respond out of fear, bad things happen, right? And so we can face an enemy head on and we can overcome anything that comes our way and never ever be driven or motivated by a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I think this is very freeing because when you think about it, Look, we have a certainty. We have a hope of our eternal condition because of Christ and what he did. So knowing that my salvation, my eternal life is fully secured and could never be taken by the enemy causes me to never be afraid of him. Does that make sense? He cannot intimidate me. He can bring problems in my life, but he can't take my joy. He can't take my peace, and he can't take my eternal life, which has been freely given to me by my Lord and Savior. He has no authority to do that. And whenever I see that, it causes me to have the upper hand over him. So those first few verses are really powerful. Now, verse 4 is particularly where I want to spend our time today. One of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. I know I have a lot of those. I say that a lot, but it is one of them. Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. In fact, if you're taking notes, the title of the message today is Desires of the Heart. 
I love this about God. I love that when he created all of us, he made all of us unique in different ways. How many know we are not a carbon copy of anyone? We are uniquely different and unique in our own way with our gifts, our personalities, our experiences, and also with the desires and the dreams that he is putting in each and every one of our hearts. I love this, that God puts things down inside of us when he creates us that are, that are desires that align when fulfilled with God's plan and his purpose for our lives. How many of you have ever had or perhaps are having now that desire, that unction, that stirring inside of you that you just can't get away from? It's something that maybe has been with you for years and years and years or as far back as you can remember that's literally like so big, it's in there and you know that it's there for some reason to do something with it. Has anybody out there had that experience? And so listen, think about this. God is a God who has desires. Now, he needs nothing. He is fully sufficient. He needs nothing, but he has desires. I'll prove it to you. He created us, and he created us so that we would bring him glory and bring him honor, and we would praise him, and we would worship him, and we would fellowship with him and have relationship with him. This was a desire. It was not a need. God wanted to have a creation. He wanted to create man. And he, it says in the book of Genesis that when he created man, he, he picked up the dust of the earth with his hands and he formed it. And whoosh, it says he breathed his spirit into his nostrils and he became a living being. If that doesn't depict a desire of God's own heart to have a relationship with us, I don't know what does. It says further in the book of Genesis in chapter 3, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. That's the kind of intimacy and the kind of closeness that a desire of God's own heart brought forth so that he could have that thing with us. Now, let me ask you a question. If God has desires and he created us out of a desire to have a fellowship and a relationship with him, whose image are we made in? Whose image are we made in? All right. God's, right? We're made in his image. So he made us with desires, with dreams, with things that he's put in us that he wants to stir us. He wants them to be moving and, and burning on the inside of us because if we walk those things out in a godly way and pursue him in order to see them come to pass, then it's almost like it's directional. It's moving us into the direction of the purpose and the plan that God has for each and every one of us in our lives. I remember as far back as I can go, that for, since I was a kid, I don't know what it was, but I, and I didn't even really know that this was a desire, but it, I always wanted to lead people. I, I, don't, every, I thought that that was just what everybody thought. I don't know. I, just, I always wanted to lead people. You can ask my family. Now, it came across a little like bossiness in the beginning. Don't, mind, don't pay no attention to that. Um, <laughs> my youngest daughter, Eliza, she's five or no, she's four, and so, and so we went to the father-daughter dance last night, you know, and I took all five of them, that was interesting, and uh, I'm telling you, she's, she's a leader, man, and she just walks in like she owns the place. She's got 12 and 13-year-olds, and she's telling them what to do, and they're listening, they're doing it. 
I was just blown away, and, and she was cutting a rug, man. Anyway, so since I was younger, I've always wanted to lead people. I've just, I've never been able to get away from it. It's just been this desire to lead people toward something great, toward something that was going to make their life uh, better. And I found purpose in that when I found my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I actually found the key element to that desire that was missing the entire time as I was moving forward. And so my point is, is that when God puts desires in us, he puts dreams in us. He is the author of that. Well, the Bible says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So if he authors something, guess what he intends to do? Finish it right? He is fully capable and fully intentional about making those desires, about bringing those desires and those dreams of our heart that he put in us to come to pass through our life, but it's by his power and by his might that those things actually come to fruition. And our key is to seek him and pursue him in everything we do so that we can see that power and we can see that ability of God do what our hand and our natural ability could never do with that thing on its own. Now, I don't want to mislead you into thinking that every desire, every dream that you would have is from God. In fact, it's not, actually. There are a lot of things that we desire that are not of God at all. The Bible talks about how we are, a fle- we are flesh and bone, and that the flesh desires its own. The flesh wants its own pleasure, and the Bible says that the spirit of us that's in us, the eternal part of us, that the spirit and the flesh are constantly at war or contrary to one another. So things that we desire or that we want could actually not be from God, but there are things that God is putting in us that are desires of our heart, the Bible talks about, that are things that he has given us so that they will continuously stir us and move us and keep us burning and passionate on the inside because God wants to specifically use each and every one of us to do a specific and a unique thing here in this world that will reach other people. And ultimately, the great end of what all of that is leading to, this is huge and this is key, is that God would be glorified. There is no desire of our heart that is intended on bringing us glory. It's to bring God glory. Are you with me? But listen, when we make God famous, he'll use us. He'll, the Bible says that we will grow in our influence in our, uh, with men, but God will be glorified by the deeds of his people. And I think this is a beautiful thing. So that tells me that these desires in my heart, the first thing that I need to do is I need to make sure that my intention is that these things would bring God glory, not me pleasure. If I'm seeking my own pleasure in something, then I'm moving in the wrong direction in order to see that thing come to pass. But if my heart's position is that my desire is only to glorify God, glory to God for everything that happens in my life, and I want to see that come to pass, then God says, awesome, perfect, now I can use you. Because when the word in Psalm 37, verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, to delight doesn't only mean to have pleasure and to have enjoyment and fulfillment, it does, but it also means to be pliable and to be moldable. What does that say? It says, when I take myself out of a position of seeking my own pleasure from the desires in my heart, and I move into a place where I'm solely seeking glory for God in whatever comes to pass, and I don't care how it happens or when it happens so long as it brings God glory, then God says, perfect, that's what I mean by delight in the Lord. Make yourself moldable, make yourself pliable. Now I can bend you and twist you any which way I need to in order to bring my plan to pass. Isn't that amazing? But if we stay in our own, 
And, and it's like we're limiting the way that God can move and maneuver us into the things that he wants to do. And anything that God authors, we need him to set his hand to it in order to finish it, not have our hand on it in order to bring it to pass. So it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that word heart means the innermost part of you. It doesn't mean this is a thought, this is a whim, this is an emotion. You understand we're, we're made up of flesh, and then there's the mind, which is the emotions and the thoughts, and then there's the spirit, the innermost part of you, right? Flesh, mind, spirit. That's who, how we're made up. The Bible is saying the desires that God's putting in, he's putting them down into the innermost part of you. It's by the spirit that they're birthed. It's by the spirit that they come to pass. And he's giving us his spirit on the inside of us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it's like infusing the desire with the full capability and the full power to bring everything to pass that God intends and wants to do in and through our lives. I love that. He has the full capacity in you to bring everything that he wants to do in your life to pass. He lacks nothing, but we lack greatly in our ability to bring something supernatural to pass in our own natural abilities. It can't be done. So he's saying, delight yourself in me. Take pleasure in me. Seek my glory. Remain moldable and pliable, and I will grant you, bring you, give you all of the desires that are in your heart that I've put in you that you can't get away from, that stir you in your night dreams, that you think about during the day, that you pray about, that you've never been able to let go of, perhaps even since you were a young child. I love this, that God makes us so amazingly that he puts these kind of things in us to actually move us in the direction of where he wants to take us. Isn't that something? And sometimes people say, well, I don't really know what God's plan for my life is. I don't really know what he wants me to do. You know, sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll be kind of directionless like that. You know what I'll start doing? I'll say, well, let me, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Let me ask you something. What kind of gifts do you have? And I don't mean like, I mean like gifts that you're just naturally good at, that like you don't even know how you're good at it, but you just do them well. And, and what kind of passions do you have? Like what's, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about kids? Are you passionate about, you know, Homeless people, poor people, are you passionate about uh, business? Are you passionate about leadership? Like, what kind of things are you passionate about? And when you start to understand the makeup of somebody, the God makeup, you know, the passions, the gifts, and the dreams and desires and all these things, it starts to add an element of direction to people's lives. You can start to see, okay, I think I can see some things about what God would maybe want to do in and through you. So let's focus on a relationship with him. Let's focus on how we are delighting in our relationship with him him and then allow him to start to work these things out in and through us and guys i can just tell you when we get caught up in a relationship with jesus a love relationship there is no greater sense of joy of purpose of passion than anything else that this world could possibly offer or afford us I mean, it's literally like when you are walking with God, you just cannot get enough of him. His presence in our lives, his relationship with us 
is so amazing and wonderful that it's like you just, it's an appetite that could never fully be satisfied. We're just constantly craving and wanting more. And the more that we have of him, the more that the supernatural abilities and the things, to, the things we need to accomplish our purpose in this life begin to just flow out of the relationship itself. We don't seek the outcome, we seek the giver of the outcome and the outcome begins to come to pass. Now, I want to share a story with you that has really, for me, has depicted this uh, whole message around desires of our heart and being fulfilled in our lives, as well as anything that I know in the Bible. And it's in Genesis chapter 25. So if you have your Bibles, go there. Genesis 25. And this is a story of Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, Isaac is Abraham's son. And you know that God made a covenant with Abraham. He said, I'm going to make you the father of a nation, that your descendants will be blessed. They'll be more numerous than the sand on the seashore or the stars in the sky. God spoke something to Abraham. It was a promise, and it was a covenant, and it was something that he fully intended to bring to pass. So I, Abraham has a son. His name is Isaac. Isaac gets married to Rebekah. And we're going to pick up in our story in chapter 25, verse 20. It says that Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, and Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she's having problems. So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One will be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. This is Jacob and Esau. So her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, and indeed there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. After that, his brother came out and he took his hand hold of Esau's heel. And so his name is called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she... Wait. Where's it? Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Sorry. So did, did you catch that? Did anybody catch what we just read? Okay. So I'll get, I'm going to get to this. So here's the, here's the thing. The first thing we realize about a desire, because you see that Isaac and Rebekah have a deep desire to have a family, to have children, to bring young kids into this world. There's a desire that's moving in them to do that. But the thing that I notice here is that they are actually not the originators of this desire that this desire actually existed before they ever even felt it or had it on their own. Because God already had this plan before they started getting stirred up on the inside to have these children. He brought this promise to Abraham, and he fully intended on completing this promise and working this out through Isaac and Rebekah. So when we have a desire that's burning inside of us, listen, 
you've got to realize that God has already seen this thing, has already started to author this thing before it's ever even began to stir and move on the inside of you. Why is that so important? Because if that's the case, then that means that we are not the source of it. We are not the originator of it. There is another more powerful and higher up that is the originator of that. And it's up to him in order to bring that thing to pass. It's not up to us. You see, it says that she was barren. Now think about this. She has this deep, passionate desire to have children, to have a family. And the report in the world sense is, can't happen. Barren womb, not going to be able to give birth to children. That was the medical condition. Are you with me? Did they believe that? No, they did not accept that report. Many times, in fact, almost every time that I know of, when people have a deep desire in them, there is a report that the world or the enemy would like to bring that says, nope, can't happen, barren womb incapable, no possibility, you're not qualified, you don't have it in you, the womb of your desire of your dream is a barren womb, it will never happen. That's what they were facing. But what did they do? They dug in, they prayed, and they fought the fight of faith. Because the part that I was trying to get you to see when we read is this, how old was Isaac when Rebecca and Isaac got married? 40. He was 40 years old. How old were they when she had the child? 20 years in six verses. I overlooked that so many times when I read these passages. And then one day when I was reading this, it was like that just jumped off the page at me. And I was like, holy cow, that's unbelievable. There's so much there. The Bible doesn't really tell us about what happened in those 20 years, but I can imagine there were a lot of days that looked something like this. Isaac and Rebecca wake up and they start to have deep pain. God, what is going on? Another negative pregnancy test. Another doctor saying that this can't happen. God, why did you put this desire in me if it's not supposed to happen? Lord, I can't take it anymore. This is too hard, God. I want this, but I don't know how I can deal with this. This is just too difficult. I'm sure there were many days that that's where they were at. I know there's many days where I've been in a place like that. But you know what? As we begin to cry out to God, as we begin to seek him, delight ourselves in him just because of who he is and the relationship that we have, and we fight the fight of faith and prayer, then guess what? It may be five years. It may be five months. It may be 20 years. It may be 20 days. But God knows the end and the beginning, and he has his timing set in perfect order. The only thing that needs to happen is for the desire in us to become fully mature so that it can actually be given a proper birth. So it can come into this world, come into existence in our life in full maturity and full strength, not prematurely or underdeveloped. I don't understand God's timing. I will never understand God's timing. But I know this, he's better at it than I am. And I will assign myself to his schedule any day over my schedule. 
And if I will stick to that, then whatever desires that he's putting in me, I know that he is the one. Guys, he is responsible for bringing it to pass. There's a reason why you wake up at night or you dream things that are deep down in your heart. You know it. It's not something you're thinking about. It's in a deeper place of you. It's moving you in a way that nothing else does. If God put it in there, he's got it in there for a reason. And if we will stay walking with him and stay delighting ourselves in him, then he will continue to mold and bring that thing to full maturity so that what can be birthed out of us will be greater than anything we could ever imagine on our own. And listen to this. This is my final point. No matter how much we think we see a big picture, no matter how grand of a vision that we have for what a desire in our heart could lead to, it is a speck, it is a fraction of the plan, of the vastness of the vision that God has for what he wants to do in our lives and we need to rejoice in the fact that we serve a God like that because listen Rebecca she starts to have problems difficulties in the pregnancy she's not sure what's going on she says why is there this struggle within me and then what it says that she does next she goes and inquires of the Lord where do we seek our guidance Where do we seek our counsel and our uh, encouragement? Do we seek it from a source that's different from the one that actually put that in there in the beginning for us? If not, if we do, then we need to to seek and see that our counsel and, and where we get our direction from comes from the one who actually put that desire in there to begin with. It says that she began to inquire of the Lord and then the Lord said something interesting to her. He says that there are two nations in your womb. Think about this with me. She's just wanting a baby. That's the desire of her heart. She just wants a child. So she's pregnant. I mean, she's thrilled, and now she's having problems, and so she's having to really press in with God that this baby's gonna be healthy. And then God comes back, and he doesn't, listen, he doesn't even say, The baby's okay. The baby's going to be healthy. In fact, she has twins. But he doesn't even say, there's two babies in your womb. That's part of what you're feeling. You're not going to just have one baby. Guess what? You're going to have two. I'm blessing you double fold from what you were actually praying for. He doesn't even say that. What does he say? He says, there are two nations in your womb. There are two peoples, two groups of people who will grow up out of your womb, who will go on to have descendants and be blessed, and there will be multitudes that will live and serve me because of what I'm doing inside of you. She couldn't possibly have seen that. She couldn't possibly have seen that. That is why we have to trust and know that whatever God is putting in us, whatever is inside of you, listen, God is saying to you today, it's not just that business that you want to start. It's not just those people that you want to help. It's not just this thing you want to change and do in your life. There are nations inside of what I've put inside of you that will come from my hand being put to that desire. 
people as numerous as the seashore will eventually serve me, will know me because of something that I'm doing on the inside of you that just needs to be developed and matured and needs to be at the right place before we birth that thing into this world. Amen. He says to us, he spoke to the fullness of the desire that she couldn't possibly see, that she didn't even have the capacity to see. But God has the capacity to see and know beyond anything and everything that is possibly going on inside of us. Doesn't that make you just want to shout? Doesn't that make you just want to give God praise? If you're here today, listen, and there's something burning on the inside of you. I believe that as I'm speaking this message, it's like God's just touching and pressing that thing inside of people right now, and it's just starting to fire up on the inside of you. If that's the case, I want you to know, I want to encourage you today. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. If he put it in you, he intends to bring it to pass. He's made his instruction very clear. Delight yourself in me and I will bring you, I will give you the desires of your heart. Thank God that he puts desires in our heart in the deepest place of us And thank God that he takes the role of actually bringing those things to pass. And all he asks of us, think about that. Just love me and let me love you. Let's just walk together like in the cool of the day. Let's just have a relationship. You love me and let me love you. Serve me and I will give you the desires of your heart. Stand to your feet with me today.